Today, we're three weeks into this, in this message series, and we're really trying to figure out how do we get the most out of each stage of life. Life is composed of, of, of decades that form chapters. And so what we want to do is try to draw out some of the key perspectives and principles for how to live in our current stage of life. It also helps to kind of look ahead, where, where are we going in future decades as well? If we know what to expect and accept that the life that we're living is actually passing through the hand of God, if we can accept that and we trust God is in the mix here, he's involved, then we can actually do a whole lot better as we walk through life. Also, I recognize we all do that there's people that we're in church life with that are we're trying to support others that are in different stages of life. So it helps to be reminded, oh, this is what they're going through right now. So I want you to just think about all of those things. How can I support the people that are going through these different challenges? Or if I'm in it right now, well, what's the perspective I need to keep? Um, so let's, let's pause and let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the work you're doing in all of our lives. We thank you for each person here and just the story that you're writing in their lives, Lord. Thank you that you are very much involved in orchestrating their life's events, Lord, and that nothing happens to us by accident. But, Lord, you are sovereign over all things. And, Lord, give us an opportunity to trust you, God, even in the places of our lives where we can't see clearly or where we feel like we're heading into an unknown area. We can trust you, God. And I pray that you give us the faith this morning to focus and to step forward, God, in, in our heart, Lord, just yielding more and more to you. God, answer your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the first week we talked about the 20s and how 20s is kind of like a time where you're laying a foundation. So if you look at the picture on the front of your bulletin, you see, guys, he's basically, he's studying and he's, he's learning. And the point or the goal in this stage of our 20s is to be hungry enough to learn how does life really work according to God's ways. And if you can get that, if you can get a grip on what God has to say, then it's kind of like you're laying, you're pouring the foundation that you're going to stand on for future years. The 20s are really for that, to be hungry enough to learn. And you want to just keep your pencil sharp. You want to keep your tools handy so that you can just keep learning through that decade. Learning doesn't stop after you, you know, maybe reach 30, but that's really what the 20s are for. It's training years. The next decade of life, Taylor Meese looked at it last week, is the building decade. And the focus of the 30s typically is to build carefully. You have to build upon the foundation that was laid in the, in the 20s. And the goal really is to build life very carefully according to God's word and, and trying to avoid slight deviations. So if blueprints call for, you know, a board to be cut to this length, that we would very carefully cut and measure and cut that board. That we wouldn't say, well, it's, it's good enough. Because the it's good enough, as Taylor pointed out last week, it may seem very minor, slight deviation, but over decades, the slight deviation, the one degree of separation we talked about, this leads to us being way off track of what God would want us to be. But you won't see that for decades. And so be careful of the slight deviations. Today we're talking about enduring in your 40s. Now if you're paying attention, the verbs that we've been using have changed from what we should be doing in each decade. We went from training in our 20s to building to now enduring. Training, it sounds kind of intriguing, you know. I'm in a training. Building, it sounds exciting and active. Enduring, uh-oh. <laughs> it sounds like gray clouds are on the horizon. There's a storm brewing. The word endure in English, here's how the dictionary defines it. To continue to exist in the same state or condition. Another definition is to experience 
pain or suffering, but for a long time. Also to deal with or accept something unpleasant. Now this, this English, uh, these definitions line up pretty well with the idea that shows up in the Bible. In the Bible, the New Testament is written in Greek, and so the word that, that we're going to use really and really flesh out is the word hoopamoni. And here's the word. It means to remain under. It's often translated, when you read it in English, probably you often see it as endurance or perseverance or even patience. You have patience. But the word hoopamone, it's, it's a compound word. So it's, it's two ideas compounded together, which literally translates to remain under or to stay under. The word hoopo is a preposition, and it, it just means that, under or, or by. Meno, mone is, is you know, a verb form of the, the root meno, which it just basically means to remain. So you put them together to remain or to stay under. And as you can imagine, endurance is really what we need when we face some difficult season or pressure of life where, where we're feeling the walls pushing in on us, the ceiling coming down on us, and we just feel like we're confined in a really, really tight space. And, and most of us don't like being enclosed and confined in tight spaces. Um, most of us like a little bit of arm you know, room. We like a little bit of breathing room. If people get in our face, we like to say, hey, back off. Like, give me some space here. We're not used to being confined and under pressure. But this is a decade of life where you actually find yourself very much confined and under pressure. And the heat is just being turned up and up, and the pressure in this stage is really greater than the pressure you've experienced in previous decades. Sure, you get pressure in your 20s and 30s. But if you're thinking, wow, I'm in this stage right now, and you're only in your 20s, and you think, wow, I'm in the pressure cooking, I'm already there, I'm in my 40s, you know, I feel like I'm in my 40s, it's merely a taste of what's to come. So I want to say, brace yourself, because the heat may be turned up much hotter. Because this truly is the pressure decade. And I want to walk through, why are the 40s the way that they are? From around age 37 to about 45, there's, there's th- that, that period of time, people say, creates this nagging question. Here's the question. Am I, will I keep going or will I bail out? During these years, you begin to ask, can I keep going? Will I keep going? Or am I just going to run, bail, go play? And it begs, or it begins kind of as a a nagging question, but this this really develops into a scream that we just can't get out of our head. Can I hang in there? And we have some enemies that rear their heads in, in the 40s that really can cause this question to just keep coming up from different sides. So work, work can become an enemy in our 40s. Uh, many, many years investing and awaiting the reward for working hard, but the reward just doesn't come. And you're like always out of reach from getting what you expect would come. And you, we have a picture in our mind of the life we're going to live and the person that we will be and the, and the legacy we'll leave. And it just seems like it always evades us. We're, it's just not there yet. And, and then to get ahead, the pressure is horrendous. And to stay competitive is even harder because as you're in your 40s, there's so many new people moving into the work world 
and, and they're trying to build their career in their 20s and their 30s especially. And now what are they doing? They got their eye on what? On your job. <laughs> and so in your 40s, to stay competitive, you just got to keep after it. You got to keep working. You got to keep going. You got to keep improving your skills. So work can be almost an enemy. The question comes up, will I hang in there or bail? Family. Family at this point can even become an enemy because, you know, you love your family, you love the relationships in your family, but the pressure of work, it keeps coming from the outside, and so you feel pulled, you feel torn. And kids, and they need more attention if you have kids, and, and so you feel pulled constantly in two different directions. I can hardly walk in the door of my house without one of my kids, one of my three kids standing there with something that they want me to do right away. <laughs> It's like, hey, how about a high before, here's the glove, we're going outside, you know? Because there's an expectation there. And why shouldn't they? This is the stage of life that they're learning and growing, and they're wanting to spend time, and relationship means everything to them. And so, but, but if we're not careful, that can be an enemy. And the thought of, will I hang in there and relate? Will I engage, or will I just check out? Church, ministry, that's another potential enemy in this state. If you're involved, if you're faithful, then what happens is your role is increased. <laughs> so well done, good and faithful servant. Here's a little bit more to be responsible for. So if you're being faithful, you get a little bit more responsibility. And you're like, wait a second, this is the one I had in mind. But it can feel, again, like a giant tug of war and just another um, you know, amount of pressure, more pressure on your life. And then there's our physical body. Your body used to be your friend, and now your body starts letting you down in your 40s. And that can get pretty frustrating. In your mind, you can still do what you used to do when you were younger. But sometimes your body just kind of lags behind your mind, you know? And so you're there. You see an opportunity, you spring into action, but then all of a sudden you realize your body didn't quite respond as fast as your mind had. And when I was younger, you know, I had to really push myself. I had to really train hard and exert myself to feel soreness in my body. Uh, and if I push really hard, I would feel really sore. Now, I may be feeling really sore, and I have to struggle to figure out, why am I sore today? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I washed the car. That <laughs> shouldn't make me feel sore. <laughs> I played catch. Oh yeah, that's right, I played catch. That's why I'm sore. And then, oh my God. <laughs> All of these factors can become enemies. All of this stuff leads to a really tough time relating to God as well. Because then you start, when you feel the pressure, you're eventually like, God, why? Why is life so hard? Why do the dreams that I thought would come, why do they still seem out of reach? And then another question, do I still have anything left to offer? We live in a youth culture. We live, you know, in a, in a culture where youth is like, Admired, they the center of attention is given to youth and young people, and so the older you get, the more you battle against the thought of not being able to offer anything else. And so all these things just kind of mount all at once around the same time. And sometimes it hits without warning. No one kind of comes on the loudspeaker like on a plane. Or uh, we've got some turbulence up ahead. Just want to make sure you sit down, fasten your seatbelt, stay in your seat. You're going to be okay. You know, we're going to get through the other. Nobody, nobody does that. So we just hit the bumps, and, and responding is often called midlife crisis. So we hit the bumps, and a lot of people, 
they have new life crisis and they, they go in the tailspin. They, they do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do in response to the pressure. Some people start to work on a new shell of their body. Some people pick up new lifestyles. You know, they, they didn't drink before, now they start drinking in an effort to just kind of take the edge off. Some attempt new activities or they splurge on new possessions. And the two major feelings that really dominate the, the 40s are depression and self-pity. Why me? And, and why, why is this happening to me? And no matter where you're at, now if I'm like, okay, thanks, you totally depressed me. And, or you've described me. Or you're not in the 40s and now you're depressed that you're heading there. <laughs> no matter where you're at, here's the goal. Here's what we're trying to get to. The goal is this, to stay faithful to your commitments. To stay faithful to your commitments and to endure in faith. To stay under the pressure that you're under. Christ's followers were given a prime directive from Jesus himself as to what we should give our lives to and our energy to. And at every stage, we can really get anxious about where our lives are headed. When the questions come up of, why me, or why is this happening to me, God? Why, when am I going to get this? Or what about this area, God? Have you thought about how I'm going to take care of this, or my future, and all of those questions, the wrong questions when they flood our mind? Worry, especially. Jesus said this about worry. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All the worries and concerns we have for ourselves, Jesus is like, look, Seek first the kingdom. Here's the priority commitments. The perspective that he wants us to get is that, and he's really setting the stage for the priority commitments that we need to keep in the right order during our 40s. And these commitments, if you'll keep them in the right order, you can keep moving in the right direction through this decade. You can endure through the decade. Here they are. And these, I don't know if they're in your listening guide, but you want to write these down. The first one is God's mission. Really, Matthew 6.33 lays out God's mission. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all other things will be added. God take care of the rest, but seek first God's kingdom. Without having a commitment in your 40s to put God first, to put him and pleasing him above all else. And the further I go in life, if I've not done that, the less direction and the less footing I will really have. If the commitment to please God is not a real, genuine commitment, then it's a lot easier to give into the self-pity and depression when it comes in this stage. That's the first thing is, there must be a genuine commitment to God's mission. Second thing is this. The second commitment is the welfare of others. There's people that you're responsible for more than likely. There's people that are looking up to you or looking at you for direction or looking to you to take care of them. And so you want to look after their welfare, loving them, serving them, considering their needs before your own needs. And then the third commitment is your own welfare. In this decade, you have to put yourself last. After God's mission first, then the welfare of others, then you put yourself. Many people, they set out with these priority commitments in mind when they begin life, but it gets tested in the 40s. When pressure mounts, it's easy to just flip these things around and focus on me first. Since I'm experiencing all the trouble that I'm in, I need some. I need to focus on me. I've got to focus on me. Since life hasn't given me what I expected, since God hasn't given me what I expected, then I'm going to go get what I've expected. And so we, we, we step out of order. And the reality of life is we're only willing to endure for what matters to us. And so if God's not the number one priority, then our commitments will really reflect that. It's true that what we endure for 
shows what we stand for. In Scripture, we're told to, to endure in order to receive the lessons that God wants to teach us. Look at 1 Peter 1. Peter writes this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What this passage is saying is the pressures and the tests and the hard times, those will serve as reminders that God is still here and He's still working. If you're enduring some pressure right now, God is still here. He's still, he's still working. And the end result of the stage of testing is to endure, that you would get endurance, that endurance would be a part of you, that you'd be a person of endurance. That not just that you would endure, but that you that, that kind of defines a high value in your life. And that you praise Him in the end. And overall, your 40s, because of all the pressure, the, the 40s become real, fertile ground for growth. That, that decade is probably your most fertile season to grow because of how much pressure exists. And James, James 1, verses 2 through 4, and James chapter 1 talks about persevering and, and the path of trials and how it leads us through perseverance and and we're, we're being tested in this season. And it says at the end of, of the passage that it, it comes out, you know, the end result is maturity. And we want that. We want maturity. But the path to get there is pressure, trials, enduring under all of that. And so we're going to, the major question that just keeps coming up in this stage is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth hanging in there? Is it worth hanging in my marriage? Is it worth hanging in with God? Is it worth serving? Is it worth giving? Is it worth really loving them and caring for them? And if I do that, will I get ripped off in the end? That's, these are just the nagging questions. And as the fire gets hotter and hotter, our comfort just diminishes. And it's not like you're getting a nice jacuzzi. We're not talking about like the fire of a jacuzzi like tub that's nice. This is a painful heat. You get in it and it just keeps getting turned up and up and up and, and it keeps rising. And when you're in the heat, all we really want is